as boys lines. As bold as lion. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. Hello and welcome to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am your host, Derek Charles Johnson. So glad you can join me today. And this is actually our eighth episode in this encounter series. We were going to do a total of eight of these. And uh, this is actually episode number 17, if you're keeping track of our, our running total of um, podcasts. So um, yeah, we're, we're kind of just full on into this and um, so glad that you can be a part of it. Um, one thing that I realize is I'm writing my blogs each week, uh, typing up these podcast scripts, which um, if you haven't noticed by now, a lot of this is written up and I'm, I'm just trying to kind of read it as I go, um, but it is from the heart. Um, but everything that, that kind of comes out, I, I realize that it kind of sounds like a mini sermon or perhaps a sermonette, and um, I, I hope that's okay. That I'm just sharing my heart here, but um, really over time, the, the format of both the blog and, and now the podcast, it, it kind of comes down to this three-part sermon there where it sort of reflects that. And um, it's really my heart from week to week to just be open with you, to, to look at Scripture with you, and, and just have it come to life. And ultimately, it's not me who does it. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. And I really just want my heart to be in line with what He's already doing and what He's already saying. Um, in short, I, I just want to reflect Him. So as I always say each week, I, I, I thank you for tuning in. I know there are a million podcasts out there right now, and there's a million things you could be listening to. So I hope that this is not extra noise in your week, but it's something that spurs you on and encourages you to go deeper in your walk with Christ. Um, I mentioned last week that our final encounters uh, episode would be a bit out of the box. And by the title, you, you're probably a little curious about where we are headed today. Well, I wanted to end this series with an encounter that is very familiar and is perhaps one of the most transformational in all of the Gospels. We know Peter well. We have much uh, about his life through the four Gospels. We, we've got accounts and acts, and we also have his very own letters that he wrote. But sometimes we forget just how much Peter wrestled with the truth about Jesus. We have to get it to some extent. And, you know, Jesus was a miracle worker. He's a great teacher. And by all appearances, um, if you remember our, our transfiguration encounter, he's, he's the son of God. But how was going to the cross part of the plan? Jesus plainly told his disciples he would suffer. He would die. But he would rise again. But it seems like they missed it. And in the events leading up to the, the crucifixion, they all scatter and none more notable than Peter. So I want to read through a few separate passages today. One is Jesus speaking to Peter prior to the crucifixion, and another one is his denial. And then finally, Peter following the crucifixion, 
encountering Jesus after his resurrection. So follow along as we go first here to Mark 14. This is verses 26 through 31. This is a dialogue between Jesus and Peter. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly, I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. Now, uh, we go a little further into Mark 14. This is verses 66 through 72. And um, this is picking it up as Jesus is going through the trial. And um, they're coming around Peter. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him again, and began to say to the bystander, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. And after a little while the bystanders again came to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. I want to take a minute and stop here. Imagine you are Peter. Imagine thinking, what just happened? Peter assures Jesus, I'll never doubt you. I'll die with you if I must. I won't deny you. But within a few hours... He's done the very thing Jesus said he would do. He abandons his Savior. Fear gets the best of him. He's afraid of what will happen to him if people know he's with this supposed criminal. His confidence that once seemed so unshakable is gone. And then he hears the rooster crow. His heart breaks. When he had the moment to stand and say, I won't deny you, he buckles. It breaks his heart. Certainly he's confused by all that has happened and it is happening. Jesus hasn't even been crucified. But this is perhaps his lowest moment. So skipping ahead a bit to Peter's encounter with Jesus in John 21 that I want to end with. And there's a lot from this chapter that could be gone into. It's worth noting that at this point, Peter has seen Jesus. Verse 14 says, and this is in John 21, this was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So it would seem like the elephant in the room is, is Peter's denial of Jesus, and it's not yet been dealt with. And perhaps Peter doesn't know how to make it right, doesn't know how to bring it up. Perhaps he doesn't even know what the point of, of Jesus's ministry is anymore moving forward, or, or what's his part in it? What role does he have? Into that context, Jesus, uh, Peter decides, hey guys, I'm going fishing. And the rest of the disciples decide to go along with Peter. The scene that, that next plays out is familiar. Jesus appears with the dawning of the day after a long night of fishing. The disciples haven't caught anything. 
and he instructs them to cast their net on the right side of the boat. And lo and behold, they haul in this massive quantity of fish. It's at this point I want to read John 21, 15 through 19, because here is where those questions of Jesus restoring Peter are laid to rest. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. We already know the background fairly well of Peter, so I want to take the rest of this time examining why these encounters are important. As we end this series, I believe it is good to look at the way Jesus interacts with Peter. It's important because in Peter we see a man very strong-willed, outspoken, and boldly heading in a direction he thought he was meant to go. The trial and crucifixion of Jesus changes that for all, all the disciples, especially Peter. His world crumbles, but Jesus doesn't leave him there. It is the restoration of Peter in John 21 that is key because it sets his life on purpose again. It solidifies his call again. Peter would be used to build Jesus' church. So here are some takeaways from this whole encounter, both prior to and following the crucifixion for Peter. First of all, like Peter, we can never think that our doubts disqualify us. We can wonder how a guy like Peter, who hung around with Jesus for three and a half years, could be shaken like this. The things he saw, the miracles, the teachings, the, the transfiguration, all of it was so awesome. How does one allow himself to deny that? Well, fear is something that speaks loudly at just the right moment. And I say that meaning in the context of where Peter was at, to see his Savior carried off so easily, it made him instantly question everything that had happened over his time with Jesus. And what is it like for us? You know, it can be an untimely diagnosis. It can be a death of someone close to us. Maybe it's a financial hit of some sort, or there's just some, some sort of disappointment in our lives. Any of those things can shake us no matter how solid our foundation is. I like this acronym of, of fear that somebody came up with, and it's false evidence appearing real. This, this idea of fear, it comes to lead us astray and it causes us to shrink back. It's the enemy's oldest trick. If he can do it to Peter, he can do it to anyone. Still, Peter is restored, and that's the, the great part of the story. Jesus doesn't uh, treat his doubts as something that are going to disqualify him. He wants Peter to know that he has a mission and he has a purpose. Secondly, 
Jesus is after our heart. What does Jesus ask Peter three times? Do you love me? It's, it's believed that he asked this three times because Peter denied him three times. Did Jesus ask because he didn't believe Peter? I don't believe so. I think he wanted Peter to, to A, have the opportunity to be restored, and B, to state it for himself what his own heart knew as true. Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. This is a good place to come to, to be in full surrender to the Lord. Sometimes we pay lip service to God, but do we truly love Him? Do we truly worship Him? Are our hearts deeply, madly in love with Him? That's how He is for us. That's how He feels about you and I. He's He's always pursuing us. And He wanted Peter to be on mission, and that started with just developing a love for Jesus. Peter was forgiven. Jesus didn't hold these denials over his head. He loved Peter, and he loves us too, and he doesn't hold our past over us. Finally, Jesus prepares Peter for what is to come. Feed my lambs. He says that three times as well. It means tend my sheep. Preach the gospel. This is your mission now. I'm leaving. I'm going to send the comforter. He's going to come. Uh, and Peter has this huge role at Pentecost. We know that in the first part of Acts. Um, but what, uh, without this moment with, with Jesus post-resurrection, without this moment, would Peter have been able to, risen, to rise to the challenge of, of what awaited him, especially at Pentecost? This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. Jesus is also telling Peter that a martyr type of death awaits him. He doesn't leave all things just sunshine and roses. He explains that he will be hated for his love for the Lord. Interestingly, Peter wants to know what also will happen to John. This is a little bit later in, in the same chapter. He's, he's, is he going to die like me also, is I think where Peter's coming from. Picking this up later in the chapter, it says, When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? He's talking about John. Jesus said to him, And if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Follow me. Jesus says it twice to Peter in this chapter. What difference does it make if this person or that person goes through X, Y, or Z? You are accountable for you. You have a mission. I am sending you out. Get ready. Again, guys, I know this encounter. It's a bit out of the box from our other stories. And, um, you know, I, I think we have to, we have to think about just the transformation even within Jesus' own disciples. I think it's worth delving into because Peter is a man who undergoes a whole 180 degrees. And even at this late stage in the game, he's still figuring out who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. I think he's finally getting it here at the end of John. Perhaps everything up until the crucifixion, um, you know, why Jesus came, what his mission on earth would be, what the disciples would do in his kingdom, perhaps all of it had to be thrown out the window because Jesus flipped the script. He didn't fulfill the things they wanted him to do. They were thinking earthly kingdom, earthly rule. He's, he's, he's not thinking about that. He is thinking about heavenly things. He's establishing an eternal kingdom, and he is coming because his mission is to, to defeat sin 
and defeat the enemy by going to the cross and rising from the dead. This encounter shows Peter's transformation, and it's one we must have as well. Even with our doubts and our disappointments, are we able to come to the place where we know Jesus as he is and love him regardless of what life has brought us? If we can, we are set up for the blessing of having a relationship with him. It's not based upon anything we've done. It's not based upon anything we want from him. It's him and him alone. I believe he asks us today as well, do you love me? And if we answer yes, we must say, uh, we must respond to his call, feed my sheep. The command is that simple, but it's up to us to live it out. Will you do it? Guys, thank you again for joining me for these Encounters uh, podcast episodes. I hope they've been a blessing to you and an encouragement in your walk. If they have, I'd I'd like you to do a couple things. Would you um, drop me a line at my email? It's info at DerekCharlesJohnson.com. That's D-E-R-E-K, Charles, uh, normal spelling, and Johnson, um, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Or you can message me on social media, probably the best couple platforms is uh, Facebook or Instagram. And I'll include some links for all these in the show notes. Um, so if, if you can get in touch with me, I, I would love to hear from you. Secondly, would you pass along the podcast link to someone you know who needs to hear uh, this message or, or other ones that we've done. Um, it's a blessing for me to have you share these, pass them along. And it's my hope that God just continues to use these podcasts. He uses the blogs and devotionals that I write to reach as many as possible with his truth. Guys, as always, I love you. I love walking the journey with you. Thank you. If you've kind of gone this whole time throughout these, um, these encounters. Um, I'd love to also just hear if, if one particularly struck you or if you're, um, just moved by a certain story and, and, and maybe it's one we've covered. Maybe it's one that we haven't, um, and at some point we may, but, um, thank you again. Um, I want to close with Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. This is just a theme verse that we just keep coming back to. It says, be very careful then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Guys, take care. Have a great day. Hey guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist. And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share and head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.